everybody. Welcome to the Lifetime Training Podcast. And I am extremely excited and grateful to bring you a 30-year-plus veteran, one of the top researchers in the world on HIT training. And he is the professor and coordinator of exercise science at the University of New Mexico, Mr. Len Kravitz. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good to be with you, Jason. <laughs> Likewise. Well, today I'm I'm super excited, you know, with you know, I've, I've seen you speak virtually and, and live, and now I finally get to, to kind of talk with you. And I'm very excited to talk, you know, about two different things. One, we're going to talk about the 21 hottest fitness trends. Um, and within that is your specialty, obviously, is, is HIT training. And we're going to go deep into the do's and don'ts and the whys and, you know, everything you should need to know, even going into some of your favorite uh, protocols um, to actually go and do. So uh, why don't we jump in, Len, and, and just why don't you just quickly give them a quick, you know, bio around, you know, what you've been doing and, and how you've been able to leverage probably the university to be able to do a lot of this. Oh, okay. Sure, Jason. Um, I started out as a group X instructor three and a half decades ago and, you know, just loved it, loved it. And uh, what happened is I was doing my master's at San Jose state and I needed 60 students for my study a flexibility study and as you know, the only classes that have 60 plus people are group X classes. <laughs> yeah. I had the best chair in the world. And he told me, yeah, you can do this study if you learn how to teach aerobics. And I had one summer to learn. So I went to a group X class every day, watched, you know, back then we didn't have YouTube, you know, yeah. or if we did, I certainly didn't know about it. <laughs> but in three months, you know, I, I learned how to teach and I, you know, had the science, but I still had to learn to teach and did my flexibility study, got it published. And then I went out and through the field. And while I was out in the field, there's so much about our industry, as you know, that what we haven't answered. And he said, I want to start answering these questions. So I went back about 10 years later, got my PhD. I said, you know, I want to be able to do this research. Nice. And I've been doing this research now for over 25 years. I really like HIT. I actually love modern intensity continuous training like you as well. I love them both. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm a fan of, of MICT, modern intensity continuous training and HIT high intensity interval training, but I, I study a lot how the body burns calories. You know, I really study a lot different ways to burn calories and it's, you know, just a, a joy to do this research. Well, I, you know, and that's exactly it. And, you know, I, I love your vast experience with, you know, starting kind of in the front line of, of doing it, you know, having the degree and then doing it and then figuring out. And, and a question I've got is, you know, obviously you, you made it a point to, to differentiate, between moderate and hit and high intensity. And I think that's where there's so much, I think, out there being called hit, but I don't know, is it hit? And I would love your perspective on that and, and how it's evolved over those years. Oh, absolutely. We, we really have. And actually, I'm going to just show it to you. If you don't mind, I'm going to share a screen. And yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna... Can you maybe... Let's go over just a, a little bit of information on, on HIT. I call these HIT terms because, as you mentioned, it is a little confusing what really is HIT, Jason. So you're, you're right on the target on that one. From the research I've done, review of literature, we have HIT programs that have work. This is the hard bout, the high intensity bout from eight seconds to eight minutes. And, you know, it varies quite a bit in the research. Mm -hmm. And then 
every workout is always followed by what we call a relief. Many of your, your colleagues and friends call it the recovery. And that too can be very variable in length. And with high intensity interval training or just interval training, one interval is a work bout and a relief bout. And now let, let's just look at, at the terms because you, you really hit the nail on the head when you mentioned it's a little confusing some of the terms. There is a technique, it came from Canada. This is the researcher, it came from Martin Jibala. It's called SIT, Jason, Sprint Interval Training. It's all out maximal efforts. Typically SIT, the work bouts are 30 seconds or less. Then we have what you and I know as high intensity interval training. And that's where your intensity is usually about 80% or higher of your actual maximal heart rate or your estimated max heart rate. And, and there's always a relief. You remember there's always a work hard and a alternating relief or recovery. And then Jason, in all fairness, I think most people do intermittent exercise. <laughs> <laughs> And this is where they alternate a little bit of moderate work with light intensity relief, and that's fine, but they're kind of alternating something that's a little more challenging with something that's a little less challenging. And we call that intermittent exercise. But let me show you, you know, the types right now. Yep. The, the types, without a doubt, for 100 years, we've been doing aerobic-based, which are cardiorespiratory modes to promote cardiorespiratory fitness. But the biggest growth area in HIT, without a doubt, is the resistance-based. And you, you do this. I think you created a program of Lifetime that, that has this, without a doubt. Yep. It's promoting muscular endurance. It's either body weight training, like burpees, push-ups, lunges, plyometrics, kettlebells, bands, dumbbells, you know, the small equipment all performed in some type of circuit with that hard and that relief. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you create yep. very, very creative way. And then lastly, right now we see hybrid and hybrid Jason, you know, is a combination of both where we're doing the resistance and the aerobic based. And, you know, I'm going to stop sharing a little bit just to get back to you for a second. Yeah. I'm not sure, do you know the history yourself of, of HIT, some of the great um, athletes that kind of brought techniques? I'm not sure, or maybe your podcasters would like to know. Yeah, you for sure. I, you mind if I show them some of that? It, it's so, so cool. Yeah, absolutely. What we, we see when you study that, um, I'm gonna take you from the beginning if, if you don't mind. Yeah. And I'll really, really give you kind of like a taste of where we've come. In all fairness, Jason, we know so much about HIT from this researcher from France, of all places, France. Her name is Veronique Bila, French physiologist. She wrote actually two parts, Interval Training for Performance of Scientific and Empirical Practice, and that part two is anaerobic. But I want to take you back. This is so cool, Jason. 100 years. And, and Jason, this is Pablo Nurmi 100 years ago from Finland. Nine gold medals. Look at that, Jason. Wow. 1,500, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000. 
unbelievable, but he had the best coach in the world. Let me tell you what he did. This is so, so cool. Everybody that is an athlete could do this today. And this was a hundred years ago. He, his coach had Pavel go on the six to 12 mile runs. And then spontaneously, he always changed it. He would tell Pavel to go for a short 400 meter spurt. That was the hard high intensity. And his speed at that time on the high intensity was 14.88 miles per hour. And in one workout, he would do six of these, these short bursts. His coach was so smart. His coach said, you know, in a race, you never know when you have to really pick it up. Mm -hmm. So I want you to train so that you have to pick it up at different times all the time. And guess what? This became known in science and in coaching as random bout interval training. A lot of people have not heard this. Yep. And it's great if fitness professional would do it, but it's called random bout because it's random. Whenever you do that hard work, it's random. Yep. And this is in the 1950s, 60s. This is Siegfried Herman, really great athlete. Look, look, look at that body. Look, look yeah. at that body. Is that a trained body? World record holder and Olympian. Wow. This is so cool. And it's so easy to apply this. He did what is amazing, six 200-meter, these were really short intervals, six of them in, you know, one set, but his coach had him do it at different speeds, 98%, 118% of his 1,500 speed. So he varied the speed, and then he would recover, relieve 50 to 60 seconds between a 200 a whole set had six of them. So eight minute passive rest between sets. But this became known. This is in the 1950s. This became known as the IIT, variable intensity interval training. And Jason, right now, there are some people in our field, you, you probably have heard it, that are marketing the IIT. It's a great idea. And it's so easy. Look, at here's all you have to do. All you have to do, you don't even have to, you know, measure speed is tell your client, okay, you're going to work hard on this interval. It's going to be, let's say they're all two minutes. Mm -hmm. I want you to go somewhat hard on this hard workout. Then you recover. Now, next one, I want you to go hard and then recover. Then that's when you want to go very hard and then recover. And then the next two minute bout, I want you to go maximum sustainable. It is such a great idea. You're varying your work each time you do your interval. And most of us have never done this because we always just go at one intensity, you know, for the work bout, but varying the intensity. What a great idea. Well, and, and, and I think too, you know, I keep going back to the, the mental aspect of being able to actually do this and get your body to do it. And, you know, somebody uh, I had on the show before called it the exercise paradox. I don't know if you've heard it that term yeah. or not, but you know, where the brain doesn't want to take you there. And I always call it, what's that nasty place that the brain goes, but when you push past that, that's where all the, that's where all the love is. That's where all the, the juice is. You are so right. And, 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 you know, we're able to watch this from a textbook perspective because these are athletes yep. and athletes want to win so bad. They're going to do anything and everything their coach does, but you and I, I deal and you deal with, with, you know, enthusiasts yep. and they don't quite have that cutting edge desire all the time. Not, you know, some of them do. And so there, there's a period of time where they just adjust, adjust, and then they say, oh, I got it. I, I got it. And then, you know, look at this. The, 
all-time champion of endurance training, the the workouts, Jason, you know Greta White's 78 to 88. She was, you know, just incredible. Nine New York City marathons. She did two world records, world champion. But look at this. You're not going to believe this workout. She did the short intervals. Usually we say short intervals, 800 meters or less. Long intervals, 800 meters or longer. Tempo training is what she's famous for. And I know you love it too. And distance runs. Sometimes she would do a distance run twice a day. But she's famous to the podcast listeners who are familiar with tempo. That's what we say. You're going at your maximal steady state. And I do a lot of research on tempo training on different apparatus because when you're going at your maximal steady state, Jason, you're burning the most amount of calories you can burn in that workout. And and runners do these all the time. We we call them lactate threshold bouts, but it's a tempo bout, whatever it is, elliptical, rowing, jogging, walking. When you go at your maximal speed and that activity, you are doing a tempo bout. What are the best ways of training? And that's not hit. You know what's interesting? That's not hit. It's a, a steady state at your max. And, and I know you've done those as well, yeah. Jason. And then let me just share you one, one more historian. Here, here we see the tempo. For those who want to try it, we call it lactate threshold in the lab. Just go at your maximal steady state pace because it's very fatiguing. Most people can only do it for 20 to 30 minutes. But uh, it, it, it's a great great workout and then the all-time champion endurance athlete in my book is Paula Radcliffe from Great Britain three-time New York marathoner fastest marathoner of all time for females still holds the world record just incredible athlete Uh, Jason look at here's her workout or where was her workout 145 miles a week She trained at or above the lactate threshold, you know, when she was doing her steady state bouts. She had kind of an eight-day cycle with two long runs, a hard session every other day, her lactate threshold bouts. And, you know, in that eight-day cycle was a rest day. And, and you know, she believed in core. She did core every night. Wow. <laughs> so cool. That is so, so cool. Yep. Well, and, and you know, What's interesting, and I, and I think we may get into this, um, is, you know, obviously we've talked a bit about the history and how it relates to performance. Right. Um, you know, obviously I think the, the big thing too is performance is one side of it. Then the other side is body composition oh, and, you know, how in which have been, I mean, is it one and the same or, you know, uh, as people are saying, or is it, you know, is there a difference in how you would there, go? There's it? a difference, but I've got to share with you something because you and I have talked about this on the phone. I got to show you an article, Jason. It's only been out two weeks. You're just going to love this. I got to show you this. It's been out two weeks, but it's going to answer your question on body composition. And most importantly, answer the question to your um, wonderful podcast listeners about the body composition changes. So here it is. I just cannot say enough about this, this, It's only been out for two weeks. These researchers are from Germany. And I'm so glad we scheduled our podcast. (laughs) Now, (laughs) it's what we call in science these meta-analysis where they analyze a lot of studies. So this is published in a a very prestigious journal, the Medicine and Science Sport and Exercise. It included 55 studies from 1976 to 2020. Remember, it just came out two weeks ago. 
And there were 775 hit participants. Look at Jason, 476 males, 222 females, 77 means sex not reported in that study. 754 MICT, remember that's moderate intensity, continuous training, steady state. 468 males, 242 females, 44 not reported. And look at their age. It's everything at lifetime, 20 to 64, yeah. everything yeah. at lifetime. But look at these results. Oh my gosh. I may be a fan of HIT, but I'm a fan of MIICT as well. And these results are amazing for improving your aerobic capacity, for improving your cardiovascular health, that cardiovascular disease risk, HIT is slightly more superior. For glucose metabolism and inflammation, MICT is slightly superior. But podcast listeners, readers, and viewers, look at this. Body composition, HIT and MICT, equally effective. Blood pressure reduction with high blood pressure, HIT, MICT, equally effective. Wow. Blood lipids, equally effective with triglycerides and blood fats. And this is so important because even though I'm a fan of HIT, I do both. And I want your podcast listeners, you must do both. And that that's, that you know, it, it's, and again, you've seen this, this industry, and, and I think it's a lot of industries, there's such a spectrum. It's either this or it's this, and there's nothing in between. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's so frustrating. A- yep. And, and you know, we, we really need to constantly, I had a great mentor who told me, he said, when you know something that's true, keep singing it, keep singing it. We need to keep sharing this information with the listeners. You know, a lot of people like HIT for one reason. Usually you can do the results with MICT in a little bit shorter time. But you and I talked about some of the risks of HIT. Overtraining, if you do too many, you're just looking at overtraining, HIT-related injuries, and you just can't afford to do it if you like exercising because that, that's just not an option. So you got to balance it. You yeah. balance well, it. well, and especially with where it's at, I mean, obviously there's getting a person to come in and do whatever it is that they need to do, or if you're training them in a group or a one-on-one, what they're doing now. But, you know, if you throw hit on them and they're, they, they're not ready, they, they mentally might actually never be actually doing hit. They'd be doing the medium. And, and it's just, it's so important progression. We always talk about and, and how to move through people through. It's gotta be progression. It's yeah. gotta be progression. And, and you know, what's interesting, Jason, I prefer, this is just my preferred you know, when I'm working with, you know, students and, and, you know, if I'm consulting someone, I prefer to build a steady state base mm-hmm. because I like them understanding consistency and MICT is just wonderful, develop a tremendous base. And then I think, you know, when you're ready, one of the great concepts, you just said progressive overload is then you introduce, you know, your mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. But build your base with your MICT. Well, and, and I think a lot of people, especially, you know, novice or, or new people coming in, they don't even know what, what when you, when you say base, what it is now, you know, luckily at lifetime, you know, we've got 
the we bought new leaf so we have that new leaf testing oh. and and so we do well obviously nobody's doing that right now <laughs> during during covid but we've had that metabolic testing to be able to 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 kind of see the results both on the high end and on on the steady state and the base but you know something i heard a while back when learning was uh was regard to lance and i take whatever lance you know was but lance won in the in the hills yeah and from what I had heard, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, but his anaerobic threshold I heard was at somewhere at around 190 some beats per minute. And his base was like one high, one eight, like 189, close to 109. Like, and and would you be able to explain to the audience, you know, what what that means when you're, you know, training base versus, you know, your your maximal capacity? Well, what that means, it's incredible. Um, we all have, we we do this. When there's not COVID, we, we do this testing every single day in our lab. Yep. You have what we call your lactate threshold, which is the fastest you can go and continually go, you know, and uh, we call it maximal steady state training, you know, in our lab, but it's very interesting. And what it amounts to is let's say we have two people who have their aerobic capacity is the unit 80. We look at it in mLs per kg per minute, but their unit is 80. And one of them has a lactate threshold at 60 units of that 80. And then you have Lance. Lance, his lactate threshold, if my number was 80, just as you described, his lactate threshold would be at 70. And so what that means is in any race, both of them have their maximal aerobic capacity at 80, but Lance is going to be able to run the race at 70% of that. He's always going to win. The person with the highest lactate like Lance is always going to win because they can do the whole race. In his case, six, seven, eight hours at, at, you know, and that is what base training does. And and, and to be very clear in in your research, hit training, sprint interval training will not improve base. Is that correct? Or, Or have you seen it improve the base? Well, you know, I, I think more it, it, it's a contributing, but not a sole contributing at all. Okay. You, you need to do those tempo bouts. You need to do, without a doubt, gosh, you know, I'd have to look at his, his, his regime, but, you know, 60 to 70% is that MICT. That's okay. your building your base. Yep. Building your base, your foundation, building those mitochondria. And something that just hit me too, that I think is super important to the listeners is, you know, in in the past we've, you know, I I know for me personally, it was, if you wanted to improve your base, you had to do this slower, steady state stuff. But what you're saying is the medium, the tempo intervals, the things that you just described actually improve base as well. Yeah. Actually for the average person, because the Lance, I wouldn't know the average person, to be honest with you, it's. 80% 80% base, which you say steady state, 20% lac- uh, 10% lactate threshold, and 10% interval training. And so you just break it up. Say someone that has 200 minutes of exercise they're doing cardio, 80% or 160 minutes of it is steady state. And then you have you, you know a 20-minute tempo bout and a 20-minute, you know, uh interval about so you see base is everything is everything you you won't go anywhere without base you won't go anywhere without without 
Well, you know, I would love, you know, again, do you have, you know, what other information would you have to share with regards to hit before we get into the 21 hottest trends? Um, I'd love for you to, you know, share what other things that you found with hit intervals and, you yeah, know, here, the medium and some, some options for them to be able to go out and do. Well, let me just show you the newest research right now. And, and th this is the, uh, the neurological benefits. Th this is really the, the newest kid on the block, the research on the brain. And we know now that for HIT training, it has effects on your brain. I want to show you where it is for clinical populations. HIT definitely, you know, the physical benefits, you know, we've talked about that. It's just as good as you, you saw the results of that study as MICT, but look at how Gibala says with reduced time. That's the one big, you know, difference with HIT. And then HIT really activates this protein, this growth factor protein, BDNF, mm -hmm. which really, really has factors of your brain. Let me show you how this works. Let me show you how this works. Some of your listeners really. And, and, and just so the listeners, uh, BDNF is brain derived neurotrophic factor. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Brain derived neurotrophic factor. Protein involved in nerve growth and nerve maintenance in the brain. And HIT's been shown to increase BDNF. The, the research really has been more with HIT right now, not so much with steady state research, but we'll, we'll see that coming in the next couple of years for sure. And so here it is, you know, one of your, your life fitness enthusiasts is doing exercise and the skeletal muscle releases this protein known as irisin, very, very small protein. It, it goes through the body's circulation and then it circulates right into the brain. And then this is what activates BDNF. And um, this is a wonderful review, British Journal of Sport Medicine, 2017, for the brain, Jason, it looks like we've got a little bit of, you know, a focus in, in this wonderful review. Higher intensity levels of exercise are better than low to moderate for preventing cognitive decline. So for BDNF, it does seem that a little harder workout is going to be the key. So that's like a tempo bout or an interval bout. That's the tempo training. And a higher intensity leads to what's called... Greater brain plasticity is when your brain's making new neurons. So for the brain right now, it appears tempo and hit are really helpful to prevent cognitive decline and to promote uh, new nerve growth. So and, it, and it's so it's so so interesting. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's so interesting with regards to um, you know how the exercise paradox, which is your brain. And it, you know, what's, what's baffling too is, is the fact that, you know, the brain and the exercise paradox doesn't want us to, it doesn't really want us to go to these high intensities because it's always trying to conserve, but yet those are the exact intensities that are going to have the biggest impact. It is a paradox. It yep. is a paradox. It's yep. so fascinating. Yep. And, and you know, there, there is, you know, a, a, a lot of good solid research that shows before hit, without a doubt, that exercise is wonderful for your heart and for your head. 
Yeah. And that that really goes back just because of the benefit of exercise, increasing just circulation to the brain without yeah. a doubt and better oxygenation of, you know, all of the nerve cells. Wow. And so, so can you continue on with that, the brain deriving neurotrophic factor and how that impacts and be great? It really, you know, it's just that to make new nerve cells, it appears there's a dose response. It's got to be the higher intensity. Got it. So I think, and for the prevention of decline, you know, because that's, that's really what the research is telling us right now. So it's kind of exciting. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Well, any, you know, if there's not anything else, I'd love to dive into, you know, the, the new hottest fitness trends and, and dive into that and how this all is, is relatable. Yeah. Let's do the hottest fitness trends and then I'll show everybody some of my favorite workouts. How's that? Perfect. Yep. That's great. So for, for your, your podcast listeners today, the American College of Sports Medicine does these fitness trend surveys and Dr. Walt Thompson, a really good friend of mine, has led this. I, I've worked with Dr. Thompson on several projects over the years. He, he, he's really a pro. He, he's, he's just an incredible professional. He's done these surveys. Let me tell you what they are. They're done by the American College of Sports Medicine and published in their Health and Fitness Journal. The first survey was 2016. I'm going to show you the results of 2021. So all 15 have been conducted by, by Walt, Dr. Thompson. And now they don't evaluate products, programs, and services. They're, they're not an evaluation. They confirm existing trends and introduce new trends. So that's what the, the survey does. And how is it utilized? Well, I'm sure Life Fitness really uses this because commercial and community programs just like Life Fitness use the data to establish new programs or justify existing programs. And of course you use your own data because Life Fitness is so big, they collect their own data. And then let's just talk about the survey so everybody knows. This year, 41 possible trends were in the survey. It was set, Jason, 75,380 fitness professionals around the world. That's, that's how many were sent by email. Now, this always shocks me. You know, I, I'm what's called a, a quantitative researcher. This is qualitative. 6% responded. A and they tell me, my qualitative friends tell me that's a good response rate. Wow. You know, I wish it was like, you know, if I like 90%. Yep. But, you know, this doesn't happen. 6% still is a good response rate. 63% respondents were females. 37 were males. And here's what it looks like. It's called a Likert type. You see how it goes from one to 10, you know, everyone, Jason, you see it. And so one means it's least likely to be a trend. 10 is it's most likely. Those are the extremities or the extremes. And then if it's in the middle, it's like a five or six. And, and that's how people rate. And then they also collect some more qualitative comments because some people, the, the scale isn't enough. The, the people say, hey, this has just started. So it's going to really explode or, or, or this is on its way down. So these comments really come into it. And look at this. They get data on the respondents. And I find it so interesting. Look at that from zero to one years in the fitness industry. Zero to one yeah. years in the fitness industry, all the way up to greater than 20. What's interesting to me is... Look at that, Jason, 25%, 10 to 20 years in the industry, 25% 
over 20 years in the industry. Nice. So it, th these are people like you and me. Jason, these are people just like you and me. We, 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 are, we are in this category. We're actually in the, the, the last category, greater than 20. So we really can tell what's coming and, and what's not coming. Now, look at this. This is the salary of the respondents in, in U.S. dollars. So they converted everything to U.S. dollars. Look at this. Almost a little over 13% or right at 13%, less than 20,000 a year. Here we see about 13%, 40 to 50,000 a year is their salary. I find this interesting. Look at there. That, that's your medium and your mean right there. Yeah. 55 to 60 and 60 to 70. Isn't that interesting, Jason? There's your yeah. medium mean. And these are just respondents, of course. And do we know, especially for the the people that are making maybe a little less, do we know if this is a full-time thing versus not? No, uh, I'm going to show it to you. I, I oh, got perfect. It. Yeah, you okay. got it. I got it. I got it. I'll show it to you coming up right now. And then look, these are, these are the greater than 100K, 100,000. Yeah. That was a great question you asked. Here it is. Here's the answer to your question. Look at that. 10% part-time personal trainers, 10% full-time personal trainers. Then everything else is really less than 10% other than others. So that some of them, you know, the primary, you know, they could be doctors. Well, actually there's medical professionals. They're just in a different profession than what is listed on, on this category. Got it. But I think the interesting thing that you and I see is 10% personal trainers part-time 10% personal trainers full-time, you know, in, in who, who, who they are. It kind yep. of, it's always good to know who they are. It's yep. good. So here it is. You ready? Let's do it. I'm going to give you, these are the top 10 for 2021. Number one, yep. no surprise because of COVID, yep. online training, individual or small group. COVID, COVID, COVID has changed the rules. Yep. Number two, wearable technology. You know, all of these heart rate, calorie counters, step counters, sleep time counters, body temperature, sitting time. EKG, I think, you know, the, the, the Apple Watch does every one of these. Yeah, exactly. $100 billion industry. People love technology. Can you believe that? I, I'm sure you can because you see it. You yeah. See it. <laughs> Fascinating body weight training, minimal equipment, so so user friendly. This is how you and I started no right. equipment, just lifting your own body, doing push ups, squats, lunges, pull ups, chin ups. This is how yep. we started. Now, look at this COVID again small yep. group walks, group rides, organized hikes. Because of COVID, there's been a spurge. Or, or I should say a surge of outdoor activities, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it makes sense. Here we go. Ready? Number five. Hit. Jason, in 2020, it was number two. But COVID has changed the rules. Hit's gone from number two to number five. And you wow. see why. The top three yep. are all COVID-related. Yep. Virtual training. Look at this. Group exercise classes delivered online. Virtual group X. Yep. Number seven, concept of exercise is medicine. Healthcare providers encouraging people to exercise with a fitness pro. Eight, strength training with free rates. Free weights, barbells, kettlebells, dumbbells, medicine balls. Number eight. Wow, look at this. Fitness programs for older adults. Number nine, people are living longer. They want to keep 
active, healthy, and alive. And number 10 on the top 10 for 2021, there you see it, personal training, one-on-one training, fitness design, individual workouts. It's been in the top 10 fitness trends for the last 10 15 years. Sorry about that. Last 15 years. Is that cool or what? That is great. And, you know, like I said, I, I, we, you know, the, at Lifetime, we, we've really discussed and, and talked about how, you know, this setback is really going to only allow, I think, our industry to even flourish even more into the future as things start to normalize and, and, and move forward. Yeah. And we're all learning how to be better virtual teachers. Yep. And I was amazed how many of our colleagues made the transition so fast. Yep. It's almost like they didn't miss a beat. You know, sadly, you know, our industry, you know, like Lifetime, it's hurt tremendously, our our industry. But, you know, in the virtual personal training world, some of our colleagues are thriving. Yeah. Right well, and, and Len, we haven't talked about this, but that's, you know, one of the, our, one of our biggest objectives is, is having, we have a, a digital membership now where you can get lifetime anywhere you want. We can do online coaching. You know, we private label through Trainerize. Um, so they basically, any trainer who comes on has access to virtual training, to online training, to be able to train pretty much anyone online anywhere, even if you're not in the brick and mortar of lifetime. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Well, I would love, this has been fantastic and so much fun and, and a lot of, you know, education in there. And really, I love how you've kind of compartmentalized all the different forms so that we can name them and, and use them as progressions and, and throughout uh, as trainers start to evolve or as the enthusiasts is evolving in their workouts. Um, so I would love, you know, you had mentioned your favorite stuff. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear some of that and then, and then we'll call it a wrap. Thank you. That'll be, That'll be what we'll do. That'll be what we'll do. Let, let's look at some of my favorite workouts. This is, and, and you know, these are just some of them. I, I, I've got, I, I've got over a hundred. So I'm just going to give you a slice today. This is called four, four hit. And you go four minute run at a hard intensity. Of course, everything has a warm up and a cool down. And then you do four minutes light. So it's four hard, four light. But this is a great study because they showed that when people do this four, four, four minutes hard, four minutes light, you know, you always do a warm up and cool down if I don't always remind them. They found that this has less stress on the body. When you measure lactate, it tells you how much stress is in your muscles and what stress in your muscles you feel. So the 4-4 hit, they say, is for clinical population. When you see clinical, it means diabetes, obesity, you know, somebody COPD. Yep. So good for less fit population. And then the same participants did a 4-2 hit where they, they cut in half the recovery, a 4-2 hit, hard with the light recovery, four intervals on any exercise mode. It's a 24-minute workout. Anything under 30 minutes, we call LVIT training. And here they had a lot more metabolic stress. So when you shorten the recovery, there's more metabolic stress, which just makes sense. You and I, it makes sense. And so for the really fit people want to challenge themselves, shorter recovery. That, that's what this particular study showed in that four-minute work, two-minute recovery. Now, I'm going to show you this one. This is really 
one-of-a-kind study. There's actually only one other study like this in the world. It's a 60-second work, 75-second LVIT, low-volume interval training, 60 seconds hard, 75-second relief light. They did 8 to 12 intervals, any exercise mode. See, it's called the LVIT, so it's 30 minutes or less. And why this is a one-of-a-kind, they actually did biopsies after each workout. These participants were what I call courageous. They did muscle biopsies in the leg after each session. <laughs> and they found in as little as six training sessions, they were building bigger mitochondria. Mitochondria are the powerhouse energy sources in the muscle cell. We call them the mitochondria, the, the fuel source that drives everything we do. Even in, in, in regular life, mitochondria keep us going. And there's always been a big question. There's only one other study like this in the world. And they got the same answer. In six sessions, people were starting to build bigger mitochondria. So people, it, it's just amazing, you know, how, how fast the body adapts. This is a, one of my favorite programs, Indoor Fartlek. Fartlek is speed play. Two four-minute, six-minute bouts. And you randomize, it's a game. You randomize the modes, intensities, duration. It's a play. It's indoor fartlet. You can do this so easy, like at Life Fitness. And essentially, you do what's called rotations. Like here, treadmill, two minutes, elliptical, four minutes, cycle, ergometer, six minutes. Then do another rotation. Elliptical, six, cycle, two, treadmill, four. Notice how you kind of like rotate the different modes in order and how long you're working. And then when you do two minutes, you go hard. Four minutes, you go somewhat hard. Six minutes, you go light. So it's a really neat game. I used to do this years. When I was a personal trainer, I did it for years because I never did it the same way. You could always mix it up. But Life Fitness, if I was training there, I would do this all the time. Nice. And then here's LVIT. Here, here it is. We've been talking about it. Base conditioning, yep. one of my favorite. Somewhat hard, just go somewhat hard for any mode, 20 to 60 minutes. Remember, this is what most competitive athletes do. 80% of their training is this workout right here. It's base, metabolic base. And so everyone knows this is what the mitochondria is. When you do base training, a muscle has 400 to 2,000 of these. When you do base training, you get 35% bigger mitochondria and 15 to 50% more. So base training builds bigger. I use that, that fireplace because it's fat burning fireplaces, fat burning fireplaces. Hey, Len, I got a question that came up in, in your experience and what you've seen. You know, a lot of times you see, you know, spinners only sprint. And they yeah. don't, you know, they, they worry about if they do base conditioning or if they do slow stuff that they'll become slow. Yeah. Do you have any new research or anything that yeah. you can say on that? We, we've got great research on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have it on this slide, but runners, sprinters should do base conditioning postseason. And here's why. With sprinting, you use a lot of what's called your phosphagen energy system. It's all phosphagen energy system. And when you do, it's amazing, but the research shows when you do base training, you replenish your phosphocreatine stores and sprinters use phosphocreatine. It's an energy source in sprinting and you make more of it and make more of it faster. 
So they, without a doubt, should do base training postseason so that they're able to replenish their phosphocreatine faster and, and with greater volume. And the key, I think, Jason, is it's really more postseason. That's, that's when it should be done. Got it. Thank you. It's cool. It's cool. And then this is from Australia. It's a name that did catch on worldwide. It's called supramaximal interval training. What happens is they do a VO2 max and you get your speed at VO2 max. And then you actually go faster. You know, your VO2 max takes about 12 minutes to get there. But for 30 seconds or a minute, you can go faster than your speed at VO2 max. You know, VO2 max takes about 12 minutes. So you go faster than your, your VO2 max speed for one minute. And then I love this, this particular workout. Then you do active relief variable. The participant does a real light recovery until they're ready to go up again. It's such a great idea. So in other words, if you and I started it, we might go hard for a minute and then you and I might recover for a minute. But after we do about five minutes, I'm going to look at you and say, I need more time. And you say, I need more time. And then we may recover for about two or three minutes with an easy walk, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's variable based on the person. And then do you want to see a resistance training program that's pretty interesting? Absolutely. Here is, it's a study by Bill Kramer, one of the gurus in resistance yeah. training. It's a wonderful for building base. It's building your base. So let's look at the program. It's 11 exercises. You've got here the incline leg press, bench press. Here you see the lat pull. You see bicep curls. You see shoulder press. You can do barbells or dumbbells. You see the tricep push down, an upright row. You see the leg extension and you see the row. Now, this is what's called the continuous circuit. This is a program to build mitochondria. Believe it or not, this is a program to build mitochondria. Here's what they do which each exercise is one second concentric, one centric, eccentric. So it's like a one, one. And the rest is just enough rest to go from, it's a circuit from one exercise to the next exercise. You do it at a pretty easy intensity, 40% of your one RM, just 10 reps, just keep it moving. Five continuous times, it takes about 20 minutes. You just keep going straight. Jason, you don't stop. It's five times, don't even stop. You just don't stop. It's called high volume, low intensity resistance training. This type of training has been shown to build bigger mitochondria too. Wow. Just so you know. And look at them. They, they're actually, when you, it takes about 20 minutes, they're actually at 50% of the VO2 max. So they're building their aerobic base while they build bigger mitochondria. Is, is that cool or what? That is great. Cool. And we, from our, our lab, we say go upper body, lower body, alternate. From our lab, yeah. we've got a study coming out probably within the next month or two Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. So when you go upper body, lower body, it's even better. Yep. Multi-joint, even better. Now, does that stem from, you know, there was something, uh, I think it was one of this guy, Bob Guida. I don't know if you've heard that it is. name. Yes. Is, is yes. peripheral heart action. Yeah. And Bob, peripheral heart action from yeah. Bob. Bob had a studio in Chicago real close to the studio that we had. So we had some people that learned under Bob. And he's nobody knows about him. And nobody he knows is, about Bob. He's a genius. Now, did you ever talk to him about um, his peripheral heart action training by chance? Or you just personally, I did not. I read the book Total Body Conditioning. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I the, it was more through other trainers that had worked under him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he it actually was developed in 1940 by by the, this researcher, and then Guida took it over 
Yeah. Was that back in the sixties that he took it over around then? And I, honestly, I don't, I don't remember. I just remember, you know, yeah. and he was a bodybuilder, like bodybuilder. He bodybuilding shows too. Yeah. Back early on doing yeah. really not traditional bodybuilding exercises. Like we know it. Oh yeah. And this, I tell people, I think is the future of cardiovascular training for health. It, it comes from this guy, Larson. He, he's years ahead of his time, years ahead of his time. He said, you do hit like here, it's a hit and steady state. And if you want, add another hit. But Larson makes the case that for cardiovascular disease risk reduction and cardiovascular health in one workout, combine the hit. So it's like doing 20 seconds hard, 40 second recovery, 20 second hard, 40 second recovery, real short hit, then 15 minutes, there's your steady state. And then if you want, finish with another mm-hmm. hit here, 30, 90, 30, 90. And, and we're, we're doing research on this right now in our lab, but, but we're stopped because of COVID. Yeah. But as soon as we get back to it, this is what we're doing research on right now. And, and you lab. found that that hit, then steady state, then hit, has has produced what type of results so far? We don't have them. Oh, We're okay. going to measure the mitochondria. We hypothesize it's going to build bigger mitochondria because you're combining both hit and steady state in the same bout. Our hypothesis is it will have the best result on that, that organelle, the mitochondria Beautiful. that provides the ATP. But Jason, once COVID is gone, you know, yeah. we'll be able to get back to it. We'll Beautiful. be able to get back to it. And now this is just the VIT that we talked about. The, the, all the relief bouts are at five miles an hour. But look at one, she's going six miles an hour, two, 6.3 miles an hour, three, 6.6 miles an hour, four, seven miles an hour. All the reliefs are four minutes at, at you know a 12 minute pace. But this is the concept of VIIT where you just make it a little faster for some of your, your podcast people. Yeah. It's kind of fun to be honest with you. It's it is. Kind of fun. Well, it varies and it, and it puts it, it, you know, then it also puts a, a variety and a progression to what you're doing and, and, yeah. and, and the ability, especially right now, I think, you know, so many people look at the result of, I want to lose weight, you know, all of the different, you know, biometrics and, but yet when we do things like what you're showing is them increasing their speed a little bit is going to happen probably way quicker than them losing a bunch of weight. And so that can keep the mental aspect of them progressing forward so that they stay, you know, you know, with the workout program. It's so true. Oh yeah. Keeps them sharp. Oh, absolutely. And then here's that lactate threshold in our lab. We call it maximal steady state training and it's continuous. You know, it's a MICT at your maximal steady state try to go 20 to 40 minutes. Most people, 20 to 30 is good, but if you could push it to 40, wow. Remember that this is, Greta White was famous for this. This made yeah. her famous. They and, call it and, simple. And again, with that particular one, can you explain again? I know you talked about it earlier, but I want to go again, is with regard to how do you identify what your maximal steady state is? So good, so great. You can only do this on a mode of exercise you're familiar with. Like for me, I do treadmill and elliptical training all the time. And when you're familiar with a mode, you know how fast you can go on that mode. So right now, Jason, since I do elliptical and treadmill exercise all the time, you can say, Len, I want you to go today 20 minutes maximal steady state on your elliptical 
And tomorrow, I want you to go 30 minutes on your treadmill, maximal steady state. And because I've done this for years on the elliptical and on the treadmill, I really can gauge my intensity really easy. Now, if you put me on a cycle and said, Len, I want you to go 20 minutes at your maximal steady state, I would not even know where to start, how right. fast to pedal, how hard to work. So what's really key, that's why runners do this all the time because they run all the time. You yep. can only do it on a mode you're very familiar with because right. as you and I know, you know, I can take three strides on an on a elliptical and I know exactly, I like to go about 120 strides per minute. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I can get there, you know, very, very quick. Got it. And that's the key. Only yeah. do it on a mode that you're familiar with. And if you're not familiar with the mode, you really can't do tempo training because you, you just need to get really your, your understanding of what it feels like for you to go 20 minutes on a particular mode. And then you can vary the intensity on that mode. Got it. Is that, yep. Good. I got one more. One last one. Great. This is it. It's called the triple six minute workout. After your warm up, it's, this is just fun. It's yeah. fun. Let me just tell you, you you go six minutes, just about as hard as you can go for six minutes. That's your first bout. Then three minute, you just kind of go real easy, active. Just really, you can even just you know on the elliptical, just go real easy, or get off the elliptical, walk it. Then your second bout, you go six minutes at an M I C T. So it's combining both hit and M-I-C-T. So go M-I-C-T at a somewhat hard intensity, then three-minute light. The active really is like a walk. You're just kind of okay. walking. But here's really where the game is. Your third six-minute bout, you try to do as hard as your first. Okay. And it really becomes, you talk about mental, it yeah. becomes a mental game. Because six minutes, as hard as you can, as you know, Jason, <laughs> But this is a six minute, it should be called physical and mental workout because yeah. it really is a mental challenge as much as a physical challenge. Yeah. And, and again, great for tracking progress because you can oh, absolutely see, how did you do, you know, how are you yeah, doing? Yeah, a lot of people won't make it the second six minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four minutes. I, I, I had a previous uh, gentleman, Phil Campbell. I don't know if you're familiar with Phil. He, he created oh, yeah, called Sprint 8. Yeah. And I yeah, and I started doing sprint eight on a uh, Versa climber, which probably isn't the best piece of equipment to just jump right into <laughs> to doing it. I haven't made it past four reps yet. My quads are just yeah. completely shot. <laughs> so, oh yeah, he's the master sprint coach. Yeah, he's great. Well, well, Len, uh, anything else that you want to share, or anything else you want to say to the audience before we we wrap it up? Just do them both. You know. Uh, yeah. I do a workout every day. There's no way I do. I, I kind of balance it. I do three hit a workout and every other workout is MICT. And then one day I try to just take off one day a week. I try to take off. Awesome. I'm a three, three. I do go three, three, one day off. Perfect. Well, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I want to thank Rob Glick for connecting us as well. And, you know, yeah, maybe, let's when, when you have some more research, we'll, we'll bring you back on and, and keep going, but it's been an absolute pleasure. I think some of the most applicable 
and I can use today after I read, you know, after I listen to this, this episode. And again, if you're listening only on the podcast on Spotify or Apple podcast, please go over to the YouTube channel because a lot of the video, a lot of the video footage uh, and the slides are there. So uh, just to want to make sure that the, the audience knows that as well. So again, I can't thank you enough, Len, and I wish you the best. And, you know, I'm not that far. I got to make my way over to New Mexico uh, one of these days. Uh, well, so. once we're, once we're, we've got COVID in the back window. I want you yeah. coming over and I'll come visit you as well. I'll come Perfect. visit you as well. Yeah, Thank we'll you that. so much. Well, you have a great day. <laughs>